If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Good afternoon, Bushwick. We've made it. My name's Alon Danziger. I'm Catherine Dunn. I am Rachel Teichman. We are missing Will Hasty this week, but it's okay. For shame. I mean, I can't really control the fates of uh, the the hands of fate. It's... Well, I'm pretty sure that you are actually Will. You two are actually the same person. I I mean, Will is very much a um, considerably taller uh, individual than me. I, I would envy to be as tall as him. Everybody is tall when you're Rachel. Everybody is tall when you're Alon, too. Catherine, were you ever like, you were always the tallest in your friend group, right? Um, there was one guy named Greg. He was tall. And he was taller than me. And it was in gym. And it was like a thing. But before Greg came around, I was the tallest. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, we are your otherwise uh, gentle, not-so-giant individuals who are here kicking it with you from the rec room here in Bushwick for another edition of Lost and Rewound in where we go deep, real, 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 real deep into the cosmos of your past to learn a little bit about how you got from there to here. And this week, we're going to cover a little bit of our own stuff, uh, some very creative, uh, shall we say, liberties being <laughs> pulled this week. But if you have liberties that you want to pull and uh, get on this show and chat and yuck it up with us as we do every week, you should come on and be on the show and pitch us your ideas at Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Guys, uh, I'm kind of like a little bit... Uh, apprehensive about the ones this week. It feels like we're going to go into some very murky, dark places, perhaps. I believe so. Oh, boy. Uh, Shall we begin, then? Let's do it. I've had the opportunity to share some Danziker's own related clips. I know that, Rachel, you joined the show at a time when I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, I've done my share. Catherine's heard her share, but you really haven't heard a whole lot of the Danziker's own, have you? I don't believe I've heard any of it. Mm. 
Well, I've heard all about it. I've heard about this legendary zone of Danziger. Yes. The recordings of which are the impetus for Lost and Rewound's existence. Uh, they uh, existed in a, in a microcosm of my life that now have taken on a whole new life as a precursor to a radio show about old recordings. It was a 50-tape series when I was in effectively middle, middle school recording me, me <laughs> myself all of what i was saying in these recordings reflect like 11 12 13 year old alan and i just got all these friends that were in on it my family got in on it i created characters that had different voices so i had a significant portion of creativity that just spilled out into 50 tapes of drivel i don't think i've ever experienced being in the same room with you on a day where you don't say the word microcosm. Catherine, what was your... Ex- <laughs> it's true. Catherine, what was your uh, take on rumbledy, rumbledy, bumbledy, bumbledy, buffin? Is this a real question? You, you, well, remember the very like lovely uh, gentleman who joined us for that occasion? I believe it was um, Matt Finch and his friend Richie. Oh, and- yeah. And we listened to your Madonna tape, and then I played a song that was like four and a half minutes of like the most ADHD. I think I call it the ADHD anthem. Yeah. No, that was nuts. It was just like, did somebody say nuts? If you put a kid on like one of those things that, that, it's not a merry-go-round, but like you see, you walk it around (laughs) in a circle. Oh, a spinny thingy. Yeah. And you just like put the kid in the center, and you're like, here's a fucking gallon or a pound i guess it's dry weight a pound of sugar just eat this and then you just like spin the kid on the thing it's eating a pound of sugar and then you give it a recording and that's pretty much what bumbity 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 like it was just nuts yeah it was and it didn't make any sense it made, not no like it made sense. sense it's not like he was doing scales and you're like oh i understand this as he's doing scales no but imagine the insane like the rhythm of doing scales, but just like insane intensity and no actual like scales. Just from hearing about it, it sounds. If I had to picture Alon as a child, this Rumpity is Bumpity Jim Carrey. Yes, this is exactly what I would imagine. It's the Jim Carrey effect. It's also the Robin Williams uh, effect. May he rest in peace. Because uh, I found myself really uh, delighted by the more animated, uh, z- z- you know, zany comedy that occur I, I think i appreciated that art form weird al yankovic had a huge influence on this song so we will have to listen to it at another time uh and that episode does exist in the archives somewhere I'll i do tune it I, I it has a really great name and i forget it off the top of my head admittedly um but rumple foreskin but now <laughs> but now it's time oh, oh that we learn oh. all about figs not not yet, not quite yet, but we oh. will get to it. There's a clip I want to play before it because oh. because the you don't Danziger- want to lose your audience. Oh, okay. no. bonus clip. <laughs> There's a bonus clip. So the Danziger Zone existed because I had uh, friends who actually cared enough to record into this tape recorder microphone, like I did. And the reason why the Danziger Zone even started to begin with, I've said this before, because the guy who composes the theme song to Lost and Rewound every week is a gentleman by the name of Ben Anderson. Yeah, I guess it's a theme song. It's like a piano little like ditty that has started the show. It, if it wasn't for Ben, I probably wouldn't have had the mind to do something like this crazy because he actually enabled me. He totally like 
pushed me and encouraged me to do all these recordings in so much as that while we were in Connecticut for, you know, hanging out at his grandparents cottage by the lake or whatever. And we're just like goofing off into the recorder. And this is uh, an exhibit a of which is the precursor for whatever Rachel just mentioned about figs. <laughs> Here we go. Alright, Ben, why don't you talk to me a while? Talk to me! Okay, I'm talking to you! Hello, this is Ben. Secret Agent Ben. And, uh, Alon. Secret Agent Alon is playing Secret Agent video games. And, uh, he just found some Secret Agent Black Lizards. And he just was encountered by Secret Agent Flame Men and Secret Agent Flame Dogs. In there. I mean, not in there, Alon. Um, yeah, in there. And, well, talk to you later. See ya. Help! Um, well, we're in the headquarters of Orbin. And we're being tracked down. Well, just miss me. And we're being tracked down by the Gardots. Well, that just sort of gives you an idea of the kind of zaniness that he certainly had in his head. Two creative minds really kind of joined forces. But when you're 11, I think that's what kind of happens. You just get zany together. Yeah. yeah. To me, it sounded like a bunch of sounds coming from an 11-year-old. I was playing video games. I gave Ben the recorder and let him, you know, go to town. And over the course of this trip... The amount of keyboard presets and uh, songs that he was playing with his keyboard was enough to take up one side. And then on top of that, there was so much good shit that there were two tapes worth of this weekend alone because the amount of crazy things that were being uh, uh, you know, recorded... There was like a, like a car ride and we were playing with the Pepsi bottle and making sounds with that. Uh, it was like, oh no, it's the Pepsi monster. Like really, just like completely just innocent and really like sweet stuff. We made commercials. Many of these clips have shown up over the course of the uh, last five years as, uh, you know, you, exhibits of the kind of the innocent and unbridled uh, lunacy that can come with just being a kid. And that's sort of where the Danziger Zone kind of came from. So now you have a little picture of that, Rachel. I sure do. I'm ready for this next clip. Are you ready for this next clip, Catherine? Oh, if it's what I think it is, the answer is no. <laughs> okay. Uh, a disclaimer. Uh, the views and opinions expressed by uh, recorded Alon Danziger and recorded, mine. and recorded Ben Anderson do not reflect those of the, yeah, of, of the station. Or any of or the me, staff, anyone, especially or, me. Yeah, or anybody here in the room. Specifically me. Yeah, eleven-year-old Alon, uh, I, I, I do not agree with you, but a word is a word, and here we go. Say that, Ben. Are you a fag named Newton? Uh, well, I know a guy that's a fag named Newton. Oh, you fag Newton? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Squid World. Yes. Fag I Newton, that's me. Maker of Fag Newtons. Yes. Uh, my employees are doing well. Wait, hold on. Who could that be? Hello? Oh, it's my employee, Ben Denver. Denver, what's up? What, what, what's your name? I've... His name is Pierre. <laughs> His name is Pierre. Oh, 
Yes, it is. Ah, uh, yes, me, Fag I Newton. Fag I Newton. <laughs> you could do it. All right. That's what your name is. Fag I Newton. Fag Fag Newton. Take three. Oh, this is going well. Yes. I, Fag It Newton. <laughs> the maker of the Fag Newton cookies. Yes. Uh, oh, here comes the play. Oh, it's... Who? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, take it from there. All right. Who is it? Who is it? Oh, it's me, Peter. I mean, Peter. Um... <laughs> How are you doing today, boss? Oh, I'm doing well. Why don't you come in? Sit down. Have a seat. Okay. Um, all right. So, what do you think of the company, my, my great company, as you're working for? Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> <laughs> you watch that show? Of course not! <laughs> oh, no! They explode! is flying everywhere! Uh, 
titled the most offensive sketch of all time it sounded like a bunch of 11 year olds doing what 11 year olds do yes being absolutely zany and not really thinking about it in at all what they're saying sounds pretty developmentally appropriate (laughs) the sociologist in the room uh you have a a very uh astute observation uh, of what you just heard i really liked the section where one of you said butt pee a whole bunch of times. That was Ben, yeah. I really that's I really appreciate <laughs> that. That's really my style. It's my style of humor. Yeah. I mean I mean I've been saying frozen diarrhea since last night, so Which you can get at serendipity. Wait, where's serendipity? Somewhere in Manhattan and they would not like this plug because it's actually just a frozen hot chocolate, but well, let's I not... prefer to plug the frozen diarrhea. Wait, but like chocolate room in Park Slope has frozen hot chocolate. Is it diarrhea? It's, it's just frozen a, diarrhea. It's just a chocolate shake, but it's like a, more of like a culotta type of thing as opposed to a normal milkshake. Is it a culotta? Because we only want pulottas. It's a pulotta. It's a shit lotta. Yeah. It's a lot of shit. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot, a lot of shit. Uh, Catherine, uh, thoughts of what uh, just transpired? I don't really understand it. But uh, uh, I'm glad it was just wordplay. Yeah, that's, I think, really and, all what it was. And just, like, beating up kids. <laughs> we were doing the trope of take one, take two, take three regarding a certain cookie and being the boss of that cookie factory. And then an employee comes in and um, and destroys everything. And then all chaos just breaks loose. And it sounded almost like one of the, the those kinds of videos that you saw for Taco the Wonder Dog. Does anyone remember that? Kind of. Mm, it no. was it's like early like two thousands web. We're talking Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Catherine, it was like the most surreal shit. Like the animation was crude and like yeah. there would be a guy like Yeah. It was like you're the man now, dog, but like predated a little bit of that. I remember that stuff. Yeah, it's like it's really like out there and fucking like baked out. Someone was like way baked out, and then was just like, "I'm going to create a bunch of really absurdist audio to go along this clip art." I'm into it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Your recording <laughs> sounds like anything, like like walking down the hallway in sixth grade. Between fifth and sixth period, when you just want to die, you just want to go home and and suffocate, and yeah. then and then you walk out into the hallway and just you hear what you were saying over and over and over again from the boys, 
And you're just like, okay, three more years of this. <laughs> but it, it was innocent wordplay. The year was 1995. And I mean, our concept of what was appropriate behavior was about on par with what it should be. Ben and I both were, I would imagine, to say very good kids and that like that kind of language would never fly outside the privacy of one's home and i would certainly never go for that kind of gusto i think i could count the amount of times that i swore in front of a teacher on maybe like one hand if not like two fingers does anyone have either of you have like that kind of experience of like getting caught with a swear word in front of an adult or a teacher yes potty mouth you were a total potty mouth as a kid I was too, but I kept it hidden for the most part. Around teachers, I was generally okay. I guess in high school, I cursed a little bit more around teachers, but I started cursing pretty heavily around my friends in maybe fifth grade. Fifth grade was when you started cursing around your friends. Yeah. What about you, Kath? Oh, I don't even know. Whenever I could talk. (laughs) Yeah. I got in trouble for cursing when I was four. Oh, wow. What was the word? It was damn it. So me and my brother were playing N64. We were playing the original Super Smash Bros. And not a porno. Yeah. And I lost. And I said, darn it, a whole bunch of times. And I it really was an accident. I said, damn it. And my brother, like, freaked out. And he's like, I'm going to tell. And I'm like, dude, don't tell. It was an accident. He was like nine at this point. Wow. And he goes. Yeah, he goes and fucking tells. And I tried to convince my parents that it was an accident and, and like I was four, so they didn't really believe me. So I got this like long ass lecture from my dad. He sits me down on the living room couch and he's like, he can't curse and here's why. Yeah. It went on for hours and by hours, I mean probably like five minutes. I have something similar, but it's actually not a swear word. I was somewhere in the threshold of like maybe just starting first grade, but so like 89, 88 or something. And I called a babysitter of mine fat. And I remember I was given so much shit from it from my parents as they should have uh, because I had no concept of it. But I'm grateful that they taught me on an early age because I was from that day forward never going to be insensitive about weight to anybody. And I still am not to this day. Sometimes uh, all you need is just a little bit of shame and embarrassment. People disregard how important a little bit of shame and embarrassment is when teaching people what's socially acceptable yeah precisely like sometimes you just gotta get embarrassed with us here at radio free brooklyn <laughs> it's true you really should i remember i think i've mentioned this before that my father every time i caught him saying a swear word i would like reprimand him like no you shouldn't say that like, really yeah like like i have to be on a high horse or something says the guy who's uh talking about uh the, the <laughs> fake Newtons in a very inappropriate way. What would you do if your dad found this tape back then? I don't know because I never played the tapes back for my dad, but I played them back for my mom. And I'm surprised that I did not get scolded for keeping <laughs> this audio. I think she must have just tuned it out. If she hears this, she'll be like, really, Alon? Did you have to play that? <laughs> did you have to play that clip? <laughs> Do you really think that there there's a sense of uh, responsibility that you have to maintain to, you know, broadcast? But I don't know. I mean, it seems as if we are in company of queer sensibility. Hello, queer here. 
I, I don't know. I'm, I've been questioning lately, honestly. I've, I'm not sure if I'm queer or not, but uh, I definitely uh, am attracted to many genders. Uh, obviously, I can't really own it, and yet I'm playing this. But yet you guys are cool listening to it. Why I can't don't... you own it? I don't know. I own the fact that I did it. I just don't know if I have the grounds to be like, look, I'm queer so I can play this clip where I'm saying the F word. It has to be an ownership of personal responsibility of which like, oh, oh, I will totally take responsibility for all the bad misjudged things I say. And I speak on behalf of uh, the good man on the other end of the microphone of whom was sharing uh, the dubious honor of having that clip with me and say that he uh, is very much in the same mindset of facepalm <laughs> and whatever just transpired moments ago. Uh, another trope of, oh, it was all a dream. God, it's such a freaking cop-out. Don't you hate when like, all of your favorite shows are like, oh, it was all in my head this whole time. Who it's my favorite. Thought? I still it's, think everything, really? yeah, I think everything, like, I think everything is all a dream and then I'm just going to wake up next to Bob Newhart or something. Oh my God. Let's take a quick breather from whatever just transpired. <laughs> when we return, more to come from Catherine and Rachel right here on LNR. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio, Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org/donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. We are kicking it here once again in the rec room for your Thursday afternoon. This show happens every Thursday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Listen to our past episodes on SoundCloud soundcloud.com slash lost and rewound we are up on itunes and on spotify and podomatic for the archives purposes uh we recommend that you check out our profile page at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash lar right below the information for the show you will see the megaphone drop down player in where you could listen to all past episodes as far as i can tell there's a lot of episodes there to check out Many interviews, so many, so many guests, so many funny clips, all there at the click of a button, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. And this week, it's just Catherine and Rachel and I. That's all. Just three beautiful people, or two beautiful people, and uh, and the person who was behind the board. And uh, these two beautiful people are about to share some clips as well. So, Catherine, let's kick it off with you for this next half hour to 2011 sketch comedy so you wanted stuff that was old that we had written and uh this i i wanted to do rape whistle sketch which is terrible and if i knew you were doing fag newton um, <laughs> you, you might have i would have looked harder <laughs> for for this rape whistle sketch because it seems to go in the same episode of like we may never air this so um <laughs> this, and mine is extremely pure wow 
I, I, actually, Cherry the, on top. The theme I was really going for, it seems inadvertently, was uh, things that we created that involve scripts, in which uh, whatever that was before did not have a script, but certainly uh, was trying to be framed that way. This actually was like a thing that you created and made a video towards, and it originally was on paper. Yeah. What came about to make you write this particular sketch? My friend's neighbor died and there was an odor in the building. And then I was like, oh, this is the perfect muse for comedy. That's flaming. Yeah. I'm going to write something inspired by this. My friend had like lived in lives currently lives, I think, in the same apartment building, but was living in an apartment building where somebody had passed away. But nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. But there was like an odor thing. And then like after you find out what it is, it kind of haunts you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A bar that I used to frequent that's not around anymore. Uh, rest in peace to the bar Matchless on Driggs Avenue in Manhattan Avenue in Greenpoint. And uh, my buddy Maurice, who was bartending there, recalled a stench that was so gross. And it turned out that like an old neighbor who lived above the bar had passed away, and the smell took over the entire bar below. I can recall just, it just made me think. It just, like, brought a whole, like, series of emotions of, like, what would even I think? It would be freaky to even have that even happen, just alone, like, the smell, the sights. I've seen a dead body before, and it's not sightly, but, I mean, at the same time, when you're faced with a body that was left to like not even be paid attention to there's a real that, that that's like a whole other level of gross because it's not gross on a physical level more than it is ethical because somebody hasn't been checking in on this person and that's just um tragic and awful unless there is no somebody which is also tragic and awful that too and so comes this sketch there's visual that can't be seen what kind of visuals can the listener expect well, you can expect to not see me in a trunk and in a suitcase and in a pot. Okay. In a pool. It wasn't me, but someone else got in a pool. It was kind of awesome. Was it filled with domestic terrorism? Yeah. Fat Tony's stain and odor remover for stain and odor removal. What else? And it's right here. What a mess. Oh, that looks exhausting. You look exhausted. Stop spending too much time and money on cleaning products that barely scratch the surface. Have you scrubbed and scrubbed and that bloodstain still won't budge? Sick and tired of leading brands that leave too much evidence? Then I've got the solution for you. Fat Tony Stain and Odor Remover for, you know, Stain and Odor Remover. What else? Designed to break down organic matter on a molecular level. Tough on odor, too. Bada bing, bada boom. Sick of your neighbor's unwanted corpse stench invading your crowded city apartment? People keep dying and the cops can't gather evidence fast enough. Natural causes or criminal mischief? Not your problem. Tackle the horrific odor decomposing bodies leave behind. Right from the comfort of your own living room. Before they even settle, you won't miss a wink of sleep. Thanks, Fat Tony. Cooking a nice meal for your loved ones? Uh Uh-oh, an accident. No problem, Fat Tony's is great in the kitchen too. Fat Tony can be used on a plethora of surfaces, like in your bathroom, tub, tile, grout, unstoppable. Fat Tony isn't just great indoors, but outdoors too. Use it in your pool. Don't be embarrassed by unsightly bloodstains when your friends come by. 
Use it in your yard. Great for gardening. Mowing, pruning, hedging, topiaries, what else? Great on your tools. Look at that. Shines up nice. Packing up for a weekend getaway and you made a mess? Fat Tony's formula is even mild enough to use on your vehicle's delicate paint job. Forget about it. Fred's coming over to ask some questions about the recent disappearance of the- Who cares? Fat Tony doesn't ask questions, and he's on your side. Guaranteed not to leave a single shred of evidence. Fat Tony's formula binds to organic matter, making it undetectable by authorities. Not even luminol could unbrighten your day. You get caught, that's on you. Call 1-800-FAT-TONY now for your Fat Tony standing order removal. For, you know, standing order removal, what else? If you call within the next 10 minutes, you'll get the Fat Tony standing order removal. For, you know, standing order removal travel size bottle for when you're on the go. Fat Tony and Fat Tony Enterprise assume no liability if the product is used incorrectly. This product is sold for the sole purpose of stain and odor removal from pets and other living things. Use caution when applying Fat Tony stain and odor remover for you know stain and odor removal. What else? As it may cause your flesh to separate from bone, internal bleeding, nausea, vomiting, Tourette syndrome, and in rare cases, death or sociopathology. I really wanted to have you do that again, but I realized you probably can't speak that fast naturally. That was definitely not natural. What the the copy at the end? <laughs> I just want you to read like the copy that we're going to be reading later. Like it's real thing. <laughs> I loved that. It was so great. I loved it. That just cool. went like it, above it, everything you had to do, and you did it anyway. It was absolutely flaming. It reminds me so much of a Conan sketch that he wishes his writers wrote because it was done so much earlier than that uh, kind of style of Conan sketch. It was perfect. What is the, he? He like described a thing that he wished something. What? So I feel like Conan lately has been uh, with his writers. He's got like a few writers who have stuck it out for all like the years or whatever, but a very reoccurring uh, writer who will come on and like do like products that probably wouldn't be good, but hey, we're going to try it out anyway. And he's like got this natural sort of Italian bravado. He's a white male and he's got, you know, really good genius ideas that are, you know, illegal. This was well foreshadowing, like you were on to something. But I feel like it's a trope that you can really like feed into because with Fat Tony, you know, how can you miss, right? Fat Tony never misses, but he also never shoots. He sends guys. Uh-huh, exactly. I found it, uh, it really compelling seeing uh, just how many people were a part of this production. And uh, it was, seemed like it was filmed in numerous places. Or did you all film it in one house? One house. But it was a really good house for it because it seemed like so many different locations. That's crazy. Yeah, we had um, this sketch group and we had like a show coming up and there was like no real way to do this on stage. So we were like, we have to film it. The girl that's in it, it's her dad that did all the editing and like sound stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and it's like his house with like, you know, his family out on Long Island. Uh, It was kind of crazy. Like it wasn't supposed to be an overnight, but it turned into an overnight because it was just supposed to be like shoot and edit. Oh, yeah. And then it went long. It It always goes long. Oh, yeah. No, filming at someone's house too. I mean. Takes forever. At the very least, you know, with the fact that there were so many moving parts and they were literally figuratively <laughs> moving parts, <laughs> there was a lot of props involved and uh, felt like there was a lot of well-planned shots. Yeah. I think we could thank my DP for that. Yeah. Because uh, he, he was very excited when he had all the mops. He was like, I've got an idea for a shot. And it's like, oh my God, yes. Who was the DP? Her father. 
Oh, the DP father was a DP and the editor. He did everything. Like, everything. Yeah, Jesus. it was his camera. We went to that to like their house to do it. He like shot it all, edited. I mean, I was there too, like doing it, but it was really he did everything. You did the voiceover. Yeah, I did all of the yeah voices. I think there's two, maybe three voices. Yeah. Did you uh, have a stock character in mind, or was there somebody from uh, your uh, Greek family of whom really embodied that kind of voice? No. Um, I was originally going to do it um, English. That was how I envisioned it. Like, Fat Tony, stain and odor removal for stain and... Like, that was what I was picturing. And then when we went to shoot it, I guess we had just been doing this voice all day. Like, you know that happens when you're, like, on set or whatever. You start to, like, get into this ridiculous pattern or habit of, like, a thing. And, like, maybe you're delusional from being awake for so long that, like, it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's really funny. You don't know. But it's, like, your secret language. So it became, like, this thing that we were doing. And then I was like, I'm going to just do it in that voice. So that's how we went with not the British chick. If it was going to be a British chick, would it be Fat Tony's or would it be something else? No, everything was the same. It just was like... Well, I'm saying if you were going to do another product now in a more of a British accent, would you give it a different name now? Well, no, the the joke was like, to me, it was just funny that it was like, Fat Tony's stain and odor removal. And it's like all about murder. Yeah, that's, I feel it. Yeah. What is a really British way to, to call a murder? Like, it's a spotty accident. No, all the, all the words were exactly the same, except for like, forget about it. And like, bada bang, like all that was added later. Never you mind. But like, all the all the copy was the same. I just read it in a different character instead of what I had originally envisioned, which was the British authority lady. Did you ever record other videos? Or? Who doesn't love a British authority lady? Exactly. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I live with one. Um, I was. She's gonna, British. Yeah. Well, I mean, not in, in, in. Does she have an accent or just bad teeth? She has neither. Well, then, what the fuck kind of British is she? Get out of here. <laughs> Sounds like an American. Oh, my yeah, go home, Robin. <laughs> she she is home. <laughs> I really liked the pool scene where um, they started oh, to yeah. mop at it, but like the it cuts before the blood is actually washed. So it <laughs> makes so it makes me wonder if like the blood dye whatever you're using actually stained the pool that's a good question i know it stained the shirt yeah of the guy in the pool um the pool was my favorite shot like was that that an indoor pool no it was outdoor outdoor. oh it looked indoor it was amazing like so you the whoever's viewing it it was see that there's a body facing down and it's very convincing like the you know dead body in the water and then someone's like using like a pool, uh, like whatever they're called, like the, it was the a pool, pool room, pool yeah. bar, exactly, like pushing the body away. And there's like a little blood that's like trickling from the steps. <laughs> <laughs> it's really convincing, Kath. Thank you. That was my favorite. That was not like in the original shot list because nobody anticipated there would just be a pool. Yeah. But I don't know if like the dad said it or if I was like, oh my god, there's a pool. Like I honestly don't remember how it came about. I just know that it was like you're allowed to do this and it was so cool to be with somebody that was like you're allowed to do this because my entire family my super whatever greek family was never like you're allowed to do this like you were never allowed to do anything so like to see somebody that's like allowed to do this it was just like what were they really that strict about a lot of what you did in terms of performing arts um no not at all like my family has no 
No, it's not about the performing arts part. It's about the like, don't touch anything in the house that could possibly be damaged in any way, shape or form. Got it. Don't create things. Don't don't do anything that could knock something over or create dust. I I don't know. Just like, I don't know. Dust is going to get created, y'all. It's going to happen. That's what happens when you don't touch it, (laughs) is it just collects and accrues so much of it. Thank you very much for that, Catherine. That was really phenomenal. Could you say it was flaming? I would say it's flaming. I'd say that it, uh, what what, what, what would be like a a spinoff product, like Fat Tony's flaming. Undetectable poison. Undetectable poison. Yeah. That's it. Fat Tony's flammable, <laughs> flaming, undetectable poison. It's flaming. It'll you... burn your esophagus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pivoting now to the most flaming of the flaming, Rachel. Here we uh, go. Here we go. For our final act, we've gone from completely inappropriate to mostly inappropriate and now to very appropriate. Uh, yeah. When When did you write this script? I wrote this in, I want to say it was eighth grade it was for a video production class in school and i i actually really enjoyed this class for the most part um it gave me sort of intro experience to directing and camera control you learned both on the set so everybody learned how to operate a professional camera everybody learned how to do switchboard everybody learned how to do everything the project that everybody took turns doing was an interview and you wrote a script and there would be the host and then somebody would be interviewing you. And so that's what this was. I was 13. If this was, in fact, eighth grade, but I feel like it might have been seventh grade. I enjoyed every single part of this project, except when it was my turn to be the one being interviewed. So you enjoyed watching every one of your uh, fellow students uh, doing their project and getting embarrassed there on their own right? No. No, it wasn't that. I didn't actually enjoy watching any of their stupid projects. So I you I hated enjoyed the whole thing. No, no, no. I enjoyed like learning how to direct and like filming a live show. Right. I enjoyed like the the production, not necessarily what we were filming. So the process was fun. Yeah. The executing the actual content was nerve-wracking. Yeah, for me, like, I had no interest in writing a script for this fake interview. You did this on your own. You didn't ha- have a work partner? Was this not, like, a two-person operation that everybody, like, worked together on something and were teamed up with somebody? You would write your own script for when you were being interviewed, and then somebody from the class would be the host. Who was the host for your section? I honestly don't remember you don't remember who it was. I don't remember who interviewed me. Okay. I wrote their part, though. Okay. Like, this whole thing was scripted. Did you get selected to interview somebody for theirs? Honestly, probably. But I just don't remember. Because it's a script that you sent and emailed to the both of us. This is uh, going to be something that we don't normally do. But we do it because... Because Rachel's here. Well... It's easy to say that, you know, this is something that uh, is creative. And we, Catherine and I, are going to read your script, Rachel. So you don't have to worry about the nerves of being a part of the process. You could just watch and listen as your work will be done 
by seasoned professionals. I was I was aware when I wrote this script how bad it was. Okay. I knew I knew I did a terrible job on it. Also, I want to know who is playing me and who is playing the host. Um, I'm going to venture to say that I could be the host, and Catherine, you will play thirteen uh, year old Rachel. Or twelve. I might have been twelve. Yeah. Do you want to do the other way around? No, no, I'm fine with it. I was just getting into character. Yeah, I mean, oh, no. In, in in theory, I'm going to just go on a limb and say that, uh, Kath, you you know Rachel a little more than I do, so maybe you have picked up on nuances that I have not. I buried that bug. Perfect. No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Rachel, your mic is going down. <laughs> I have no say. And allow Catherine and I to take it away. Hello, and welcome to Cooking America. Today, we have a guest specializing in nutrition. So tell me, Rachel, how did you decide to become a renowned nutritional therapist? Well, it all started out when I was eight. I started cooking an entire meals on my own. Originally, I wanted to be a chef, but then I changed my mind when I was 12. How or why did you change your mind? I started to realize on day, while I was on the internet, doing medical and nutrition research, that it was really interesting. Tell me more. I've been sick all my life, and the doctor still couldn't figure it out at that time in 2008. So I was looking on the internet about how different diets can diagnose and cure different illnesses. Okay, nutritionist, but why nutritional therapist? I decided that I wanted to be a nutritionist, but I discovered around that time how interested I also was in psychology. What does a nutritional therapist do? Well, basically, I have people come in with many different problems. Sometimes I just act as a nutritionist and give diet and exercise plans, while with others, I do that and incorporate therapy. How? It's simple. For example, one common problem that people have today is emotional eating. So what I'll do is help them eat better and then help them overcome their problem so they don't eat emotionally. Interesting. A craze today is diet pills and vitamins. Do you ever prescribe anything? Rarely. Why? Aren't they a good thing? In some cases, yes. However, I believe that most diseases can be treated with a special diet. Only when it's absolutely necessary do I get prescriptions. Can food help everything? No. But it can certainly avoid many things like diabetes depression cancer wow can it cure anything yes in some cases diabetes may no longer exist in your body with the right nutrition and exercise unfortunately though even with my grandma who has type 2 she couldn't eat any healthier or exercise much more hers can't be gotten rid of well that's too bad she must be extremely healthy otherwise oh yeah She's almost 80, and she's almost as healthy as, say, an active 50, 45-year-old. Well, thank you for your informative answers and for being on the show. That's all the time we have today. We'll see you next week when a talking cat shows us how to make creme brulee, only on Cooking America. I would not eat that creme brulee, and I love cats. Yeah, come on. Wow. <laughs> Thoughts on, uh, on hearing that? read by adults i hate it i hated it back then and i hate it now 
and I can confirm, I found the date stamp for when I wrote that. I wrote it July, I mean, uh, January 11th, 2011. So, confirmed, I was in eighth grade, I was 13. Two things from 2011. So, while you were... Oh, yeah. Interesting. Even though, I mean, Catherine's younger than me, though. That's surprising. It's amazing. Yeah. But but that said, uh, it's amazing to me that uh, you crafted this entire script, and it allowed you to talk a little bit about your own experience in your own life and your own uh, history with nutrition. Oh, basically. yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of elements of this script are very true to my life. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, yeah, that's accurate. Even now, I'm studying to be a therapist and like down the road, I wasn't able to take any nutrition courses. So I kind of had to abandon that dream a little bit, but I'm definitely going to go into it in future years you've honed in and you've made more specific your goal as a way to come to grips with your own past with health and it's been like certainly a journey that you've been on but now here you are and you're bringing it all full circle by going a more uh specifically mental health variety as opposed to well no well i mean yeah but like the whole point of a, of a nutritional therapist is that they're not necessarily a dietitian. They're not necessarily a nutritionist. They're a mental health professional who puts an emphasis on nutrition. This was the same year that I made this master plan of getting a master's of social work. I wouldn't say it's all that detached from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an evolution. There's a, a little through, bit. There's, there's a little bit of an evolution there. I wouldn't say it's huge the through line is self-care i don't want to talk about self-care right now okay (laughs) you 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 gave me a look and i respect that look it's okay self-care is super important you should do it yes self-care is so important well self-care means a whole lot more than a bath bomb. There's a lot more to self-care than that. Who's using bath bombs? I haven't Advertisers. seen... Advertisers. Yeah, I haven't seen a freaking bath bomb since, I don't know. Go to it. Lush. Okay, fine. Bed, uh, Bath & Beyond sells them, but I haven't been into a Bed, Bath & Beyond in over a decade, so there's that. What business do I have having a bath bomb? We have to be taking baths. Or face masks. Or like when people eat a whole pint of ice cream and call it self-care. I'm like, that's oh, That is not well, self-care. Maybe not. That's decadence. Mm. Yeah, Love yeah. I, I feel that a lot of times people confuse decadence with self-care. And there can be a little bit of overlap. But um, no, self-care is doing things like going to bed and setting boundaries and eating meals and taking care of yourself. Yeah. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. I feel like I had to uh, answer to a nutritionist when I was younger, and we've covered that before on the show about the crazy diet that I was prescribed, eating a ton of different foods and having to take a whole lot of vitamin supplements. Yeah, I was put on a few elimination diets. Elimination diets is what they're called? Well, I don't, I mean... For allergies? Yeah. If you're 12 years old and you say that you're nauseous all the time and you've seen eight other doctors and had a colonoscopy, then you're going to start trying some other things that you haven't tried yet. I've always wanted to do that because I'm like, I think I secretly have allergies. Um, But I have definitely done a colonoscopy. Okay. How'd that go? I don't remember the actual procedure part, but when I woke up 
from the anesthesia, I wanted the anesthesiologist's information so that I could send him a wedding invitation. (laughs) I thought it was appropriate to have him. When I woke up from my colonoscopy, I asked the nurse if I could sleep more. (laughs) And she did. She let me. I made my parents wait another 15 minutes so I could sleep more. Nice. Yeah. So good. Before we end the show, we just have some uh, house cleaning. And Catherine's going to kick that off for you right now. What you got, Kath? The New Orleans Musicians Clinic provides medical care to musicians and performing artists in the city of New Orleans. They offer occupational and comprehensive health services for musicians, performers, cultural workers, and tradition bearers of New Orleans. They provide these services regardless of insurance status or ability to pay. Please find out more information and how you can support the roots of all music at www.neworleansmusiciansclinic.org. Love it. Love it. Rachel, what you got for us? After more than a year of dreaming, researching, experimenting, late night conference calls and early Saturday morning meetings, the Me Team is happy and proud to present to you the Me Bottle. This double-insulated, reusable stainless steel bottle disinfects water in a 60-second cycle utilizing UVC LED technology and is 99.99% effective against E. coli. A single charge via micro-USB lasts up to 30 days, and the bright LED display lets you know when your water is ready to drink. Join us in bringing clean water to all. Raise your bottle and drink to you and me. Find out more at MeBottle.com. And finally, the RFB Teen Squad is just about to start up, I believe next week, in fact. It's a six-week after-school program for local teenagers in where they will learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. If you'd be interested in participating or donating to the RFB Teen Squad, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash afterschool. There's just one G in there. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Remember, all your donations are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law, and we bid you adieu. My name is Alon Danziger. I'm Catherine Dunn. I am Rachel Teichman. Catch you here next week for another embarrassing edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Ciao. Bye. Adios.